all the promises of God, written all those years ago. We read them in Isaiah about God sending his promised son and loving his son. It reminds us that our God is faithful to his promises and even though we don't understand sometimes what he's doing with our lives, he's still a faithful God. So we're going to begin this morning's worship singing that uh, favourite hymn, Great is Your Faithfulness, 553.
So let's come to God now. Let's pray. <coughs> Loving God, we thank you that Jesus humbly chose to identify with us in our brokenness and sin. He fulfilled your calling to be a servant, to bring us home to you. You acclaimed him with delight as your beloved son. And help us by your spirit to know that through Jesus, we are beloved too. Lord, you call us to follow you. In your son Jesus, we see life lived out in love and humble service for us, in joyful obedience to you. Will you help us to live out your call with that same servant spirit, confident in your love. Through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. Amen. So, have we got any birthdays this morning? I know there's one, Nathan. You know you couldn't get away with it, don't you? <laughs> It's not this morning, though, is it? On Tuesday. It's Nathan's birthday on Tuesday. Anybody else got a birthday this week? Oh, Nathan, the floor's all yours. We're going to have to sing to you. Your mum wanted it to be as embarrassing as possible. Okay, let's sing happy birthday to Nathan, shall we? Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday to you, happy birthday dear Nathan, and may God bless you. Oh, it wasn't that bad, was it? No. <laughs> Any other family news? Any bits of family news? Bria. I've got two things. Okay. One, yesterday I went to my auntie's and I had a big, we had a big party mm -hmm. and it was for the family. Uh -huh. And um, we played family fortunes and our team won. Oh, good. I'm glad about that. And the other thing, on this Wednesday, my dad's going to Manchester to um, have a tour around the football pitch. Hold on a minute. Manchester United or Manchester City or Stockport County? United. United. Oh, I don't know, do you? Forest fans will be after him. Okay, that's great. Thank you, Brianna. Any other, any other family news? Do you want to give us an update, Zelda, on that young lady, that beautiful granddaughter of yours? She went home yesterday. <laughs> She's still got a tube in. Hopefully it will come out sometimes this week and uh, she'll be an oral and she's getting back to her old cheeky self. So there's hope yet. 
There's definitely hope. That's fantastic news. She's gone out of hospital and she's back to her cheeky self. And Zelda's not going to moan at her anymore when she's cheeky. She's told me that. Okay. Any other news? Oh, somebody's going to be a great grandma. Wait a minute. Hey. Is this for the first time? Second time. Congratulations. Going to be a great grandma for the second time. Okay. All right. Now, before last week, we all thought about being the new year. We thought about hope. What hopes have we got for this year? And it strikes me that we've done, together, we've looked at what, what God has promised us as a people. We've done that a couple of times. But I was wondering this morning if we could begin to think about the things that we might have promised God in our lives. Those moments of promise where we take another step of faith. Can we just have a chat in our near, to our near neighbours about those things that we have promised God this morning? I'll give you a couple of minutes to do that. Okay, those things that we promised God then, who's, uh, who's going to share some of those things that we promised God? I promised God that I would love my husband till death do us part. I try my hardest. <laughs> Anybody, you know, other things that we promised God in our lives. It doesn't have to be vows. I promised God that I would like to dedicate my life to Christ, get baptized, and to be 
a more better person, which I am a better person, and love me. Yeah, I know, I'm going to say it, don't worry. It's not working. I haven't touched it. I haven't touched it this time, it's not working. Could you speak into that one? Well, I said I would like to dedicate my life to Christ. Okay, just let's swap a battery. What we're saying is that... Yeah, never touched it. I'll say I'd like to dedicate my life to Christ, to serve him more, and to help each other whenever I can. And um, get baptized. Is that a confession as well as a promise? Did you hear that last bit? She promised to serve Christ more in her life and to love him more and to be baptised. Isn't that exciting? Okay, that's brilliant. Thank you. I'd say I'd like to dedicate my life to God and uh, bring up a family in God's, uh, in God's house and... Um, Maybe baptised one day, mm-hmm. maybe if God, you know, God's willing. Yeah. And um, I just hope to love brothers and sisters and, um, you know, hope to, um, you know, gain, you know, everlasting life one day, maybe. That's God's promise to you. So the same sort of thing. But actually, interestingly enough, baptism again, but maybe one day. So that's a different... A different place on the journey. Thank you. Somebody's just... uh... Thank you, Karen. Well, kind of indirectly, when we were very young, we started in brownies and guides, and we promised on our honour to do our best, to do our duty to God and the King. Anybody else done the guide promises? (laughs) Yeah? Okay, Rosie's done the look. Okay. Oh, Cubs. Cubs, sorry, guys. Cubs as well. Okay, any more promises? Just a few more. Jacob. Beavers, sorry, beavers. I promise to uh, look after Rosie, Jago, and Isaac and introduce them to God. Thank you. Yeah, when we blessed our children, we promised to look after them. But actually, were you here at the time? Yeah, we all promised to look after Jago. Rosie and Isaac, and all the other children. So there's some more promises. Anybody else? Promises to God. Jean. Yes, Jim and I promised to look after Brianna as well, within this church and everyone else. And we also promised to look after Brianna when we adopted her in the court. Yeah. Nottingham Court, where we had a lovely time, didn't we, Brianna? Uh, and yes, sometimes that's not easy. <laughs> but we keep our promise. Yeah, sometimes. Every, life is hard, isn't it? And, uh, and my mum and my mum promised as well in an adoption court to look after me with my dad. So um, let me read you Isaiah 42, just a little bit. And see, I've already given you a clue to this, but see if it rings bells. The Lord says, here is my servant... Whom I strengthen, the one I have chosen, with whom I am pleased. I have filled him with my spirit, and I will bring him justice to every nation. Now just imagine if you were Jesus, when you were baptized, and you heard God's voice from heaven, 
say those words to you. You are my beloved son in whom I am well pleased. And you'd been brought up on this verse. How amazing that would have been. God's promise to Jesus. And we also make promises to God. We're going to do, we're going to remind ourselves of that with our, with our second song as we take up our offering. Um, oh Jesus, I have promised. Stay standing for the prayer for the offering.
Lord, we do thank you for all your promise to us as a people and as individuals. We want this morning to renew our promises to you, God. And so we offer ourselves for your service. Take what we bring and use it for your kingdom. In Jesus' name, amen. The children are going to go out to Young Church. Um, I think Isaac might be sleeping through it. The looks of things. And we're going to bring our gospel reading now. Um, it's found in Matthew three beginning at verse 13, on page 5 of the New Testament part of the, um, the Pew Bibles. It's only a short reading, but nevertheless a powerful reading. Matthew 3, verse 13. At that time, Jesus arrived from Galilee and came to John at the Jordan to be baptized by him. But John tried to make him change his mind. I ought to be baptized by you, John said. And yet you come to me. But Jesus answered him, let it be so for now, for in this way we shall do all that God requires. So John agreed. As soon as Jesus was baptised, he came up out of the water. Then heaven was opened to him, and he saw the Spirit of God coming down like a dove and alighting on him. Then a voice said to him from heaven, This is my own dear Son with whom I am well pleased. We thank God for his reading. Let's pray. Lord, you turn things upside down and inside out. You continually surprise us. When Jesus came to begin his kingdom mission... He challenged expectations. The anointed one submits to baptism by the messenger. The holy one descends into an ocean of guilt, sin and shame. The high and lofty one embraces the role of a servant. No wonder there was a fanfare in heaven. Lord, when, I, when I'm taken into by outward appearances or false preconceptions about how I should act or work. Remind me of Jesus' baptism and how you see things differently for those moments when our 
preconceptions blind us of your purpose. Would you forgive us, Lord? For those times when we are deaf to your call, forgive us, Lord. For the occasions when we shrink from intimacy with you, forgive us, Lord. For those days when we consider ourselves too important to serve others, forgive us, Lord. For the opportunities we miss in affirming those we meet or at work or work with, forgive us, Lord. Gracious Lord, help us to begin again with open eyes, attentive ears, hungry hearts, and humble minds. For Jesus' sake. Amen. Just going to swap the order of things around slightly now. I'm going to sing the hymn 394. The King of Love, my Shepherd is. 
the fact that I can't see you over here most of the time for the sun doesn't mean to know, mean I know you're not there. Okay. I'm sorry if I don't look at you very often. It was very good of the lectionary to arrange a reading on the baptism of Jesus the day before I begin baptismal classes. That was very, very kind of it. Now, you may grapple with, with the sermon if you have been baptised as a believer or as an infant with confirmation or none of the above. This is not going to be about getting people to be baptised as much as maybe touching our own baptisms and uh, seeing what that might mean to us. I'm heartened to know that the waters that have divided denominations when it comes to baptisms and still causes questions today cause John and Jesus a question. Why? You'll recall Jesus said to, uh, came, came from Galilee to the Jordan to be baptised by John, but John tried to deter him, saying, well, you need to be baptised. I need to be baptised by you. Jesus replied, well, let it be so now. It's proper for us to do this to fulfil righteousness. Is it me? Or did you detect that neither Jesus nor John were entirely clear about why he was being baptised in the first place? We're clear that John's baptism was to forgive sins. But why, oh why, oh why did Jesus need to be baptised then? Now, when I used to ask that question, why, as a young girl, I was always told, because I say so. And it might not be good parenting to give that answer, but in the context this morning, it might help us to understand Jesus' reasons for baptism. Obedience. This is a faithful action following from a covenant relationship with God. And Jesus, through his life, displays that wonderful attribute of righteousness, faithful action, flowing from a relationship with God. It seems to me that obedience got him into the water. But then look what happened. God breaks open the heavens and introduces his son and anoints him with the Holy Spirit. Heaven comes to earth. Heaven itself opens and comes to earth. And it's the second half of this reading that I want to concentrate on this morning. The affirmation, the empowering of Jesus. Here, Matthew clearly wants to reveal to his readers who Jesus is. This is no ordinary man. This is no ordinary baptism. This is epiphany. And that's why we're reading it in the, 
in the second week of Epiphany. This is a revelation. We have a dialogue with Isaiah that we've read already, comparing this Matthew. Comparing this Matthew says, Here is my servant whom I uphold, my chosen one in whom I delight. I will put my spirit on him and he will bring justice to the nations. In other words, Matthew is revealing to us who Jesus is and what his ministry will be. The Son of God will be a servant and God is well pleased. Jesus himself has lined himself with the crowds. He stood in line, waited his turn to submit to the waters of baptism right at the very beginning of his ministry, right alongside those he came to seek and to serve. He chose to immerse himself, to identify himself with us. This is our servant king who came to live among and to seek and to save that which was lost. Came to be one of us. But you see, this is also the description of a deeply personal moment in the life of Jesus. This is his baptism. This is the moment he fully immerses himself in the purposes of God. He takes his step forward on his journey with God. And he stands there in this very real moment, still dripping wet like we do, waiting for the towel to be handed. Or perhaps not the towel. Perhaps it was shivery and chilly. But nevertheless, it was a real moment in his life. And he hears a divine voice. This is my son, whom I love. And with him, I'm well pleased. You see, even messiahs need love. We don't know if Jesus had ever heard God's voice voice before. We don't know if he ever felt God's love before. Or fully knew who he was before this moment. But we do know that now he could be sure. From this moment on, he knew who he was. And in community, he submits all, and there's no holding back. Have everything I am for you now, God. He ceremonially, ceremonially washed clean, and he's given his identity, for sure. In his personal baptism, Jesus' identity is revealed. It's revealed to the world, yes, but more than that, something he will need to know without a shadow of a doubt throughout his ministry and at all times. He who is, you are mine. I am well pleased. Jesus' baptism was not about repentance. Obedience took him into the water, yes, 
but it was about publicly and ritually rooting his identity in God. You see, just a short time later, in the wilderness, the devil tempts Jesus. If you are the Son of God, if, if I am the Son of God, in baptism then, it's a mysteriously sealing way. He's sealed And no one can take it away from him. It was tested, but no one could take that test from him. It's a wonderful picture of the future laying down of his life, buried in the water and rising up to that new life. And those of you who have been baptised will have your own personal stories of what led you to that moment of submission. Now, I was a very rebellious young woman. No surprises there, then. When I find myself as a young teenager at Mansfield Baptist Church, I can tell you for sure that nothing was going to get me in that baptistry. Nobody was going to get me to do it. But it was reading this story of Jesus' baptism that did it for me. You see, if my saviour could do it, and I suppose, then I had to follow him. It seemed logical, if not a little uncool, for me to take that next step along the path. I had to yield, to bend, to acknowledge that he was Lord and I was Jill. And that's why I followed him. Now you will have your own stories and there'll be all sorts of different stories. But as disciples of Christ, baptism is a step we take on our journey of faith. As disciples of Christ, I believe our identity, the need to be sealed in him, God's gracious acceptance of us and affirmation of us comes from baptism. His empowering grace spoken here to Jesus and also to us. We are God's children with whom he is well pleased. David Luce, who is a theologian, says this. The message of our commercial culture, as as manifold as they are insidious, is this. We need to be skinny enough, strong enough, successful enough, rich enough, popular enough, beautiful enough, young enough, and so on. But the message of baptism is that God has declared that we are enough. That God accepts us just as we are. And that God desires to do wonderful things for us and through us. We are God's children with whom he is well pleased.
when we follow Jesus all the way, first to the cross and then through the waters of baptism, we are his. And no one can take that away from us. Signed, sealed and delivered. Yes, it's a step of faith on a journey of discipleship and you will know when it's right for you to take it. Yes, it's a personal witness to the world. Yes, it's a great picture of what Christ has done laying down his life for us. And yes, it births us into his church. But it is also the moment that God is present mysteriously and declares, you are mine. And he declares that to the whole heavens as an act of grace. Now you were God's before, of course. But now you know for certain. And so does the whole of heaven. Ancient Christian uh, catechisms or teachings describe baptism as a visible sign of invisible grace. Martin Luther, the reformer, was plagued by a sense of unworthiness. And to drive back those demons in his head, he kept an inscription over his desk that read, Remember, you have been baptised. You know something, life is not always easy. You could have told me that. Have you noticed the wilderness life? How it can be terribly disorientating in, exper uh, in, in its experience. Its vastness can leave, leave us lost and empty. Its emptiness can leave us lonely and broken. It's quite literally a place that will do your head in. Jesus needed to know every moment of his wilderness experience who he was. And so do we. You are mine, says the Lord. Nothing can separate you from my love, not even death itself. I gave you the right to be sons and daughters of the living God. You are mine. I have plans and purposes for you. You are hidden in me. I have called you by name. You are mine. Our identity is only in him. As human beings, we face pain, loss and sorrow. We know that faith, faith does not protect us from the realities of life. We know that when we pass through the waters of life's hardship, God knows us by name. You see, our identity is hidden in him. When you press into your inheritance... You will find strength that you never knew you had to face those wilds of the desert places and then whims of the devil. If you've been baptised, be like Luther. Always remember the truth of it. The promise of it. Revisit it. Rededicate yourselves. Remember who you are in Christ. And what you're called to. Live in your calling. Let your footsteps be ordered by the Lord. Take the power of his Holy Spirit. And serve like your Messiah. 
And if you haven't been baptised, for whatever reason, think about it as a next step. It won't be the answer to all your questions or your problems. It won't make you holy and cause you to float around in some holy glow. Because we live by grace. It will not make everything in your garden rosy. But it will seal your life in God. It will speak to the world of who you belong to and what he has done for you. It will bring you fully into the family of God's people. And if you're still holding on and digging your feet in, like I did, well, just follow Jesus. Take that step of obedience, a yielding, a letting go under the water but rising to new life and service. What was to come for Jesus following in his baptism was wilderness, trial and temptation. But he knew who he was, and wherever he went, he knew that the safest place in the whole world was to be sealed in that love of God. And it's the same for us. Let me leave you with one of those promises of God. When you pass through the waters, I'll be with you. When you pass through the rivers, they shall not overwhelm you. When you walk through the fire, the flames shall not consume you. You are mine, says the Lord. Amen. respond to our faithful God now as we sing our next song. Let's leave some time in the middle for reflecting as we sing as well. Well, if we sing one verse and then leave and then we'll sing it again. Just play three words, yeah? And we'll stay seated.
Yes, indeed, we do praise you, Lord, that our hope is in you alone. There is nowhere else for us to run. And we thank you that you take our lives and you seal it with your love and your grace. And it's right and proper that that's not just for us, that's for those around us. And so we bring our prayers of intercession. Lord, your heart is to uphold your servants as they fulfill your mission in your world. And so we pray for those who uphold justice for the powerless and the oppressed. Pour out your spirit on them, we pray. We pray for messengers who declare the truth of God's love. Would you pour out your spirit on them, we pray. We pray.